0: All right, one more time, church. Can we give it up for Jesus this morning? So excited uh, to welcome so many of you here to the Becoming Church. And again, if this is your first time, uh, or maybe second or third time, we're excited that you're here. You picked a good Sunday uh, to come and worship with, this, uh, worship with us this morning. And if you're back next week, you're going to hear me say the same thing because every time is a good Sunday that you can pick uh, because it's exciting. Uh, To be able to gather corporately like this as uh, the family of God. And here we are in week 15 of this church. And so, listen, you're just, you're an early adopter. You're getting in on the front end of this thing. And I think that's uh, pretty exciting. But you really did pick a good day to join us. Uh, We're kicking off a brand new collection here uh, today, this morning, called uh, Hearing God. And it is absolutely vital and important. For every single believer to understand that you can hear the voice of God, that he's not distant, that he's not uh, silent, but he is communicating to us and we can hear him. We can follow his voice. And so for the next, uh, including today, the next four weeks, we're going to dive into into that and see exactly what does that mean and what does that even look like. And so today we're going to begin coming from John chapter 10. I'm going to read verses 1 through 5. So if you have a Bible with you, uh, you can flip with me there, or you can scroll with me, click whatever, whatever all that we're doing. I don't know. There's something in the metaverse that's happening, whatever it is. If not, uh, we're going to connect right up here on the screen. And I do want to encourage you, uh, bring the hard copy. There is nothing like the real thing, you know, sometimes you get notifications on your phone and all that good stuff. Um, but if you can, I mean, bring your hard copy and turn those pages. And um, I think, think it'd be cool. Here we go. John chapter 10, verse 1. It says this. Very truly, I tell you, Pharisees, anyone, this is Jesus talking, anyone who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate but climbs in by some other way is a thief They will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. Come on, let's pray. Father God, we thank you today. God, we thank you for your grace. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your mercy. God, we thank you for your presence here today. God, thank you for everything that you have already set in motion today. And so, Father, we continue uh, to posture ourselves in this way and, and to welcome you into this space as we gather around your word. Thank you for your word. God, all it takes is one word from you, and everything can change in a moment. God, we believe that. We have that kind of faith. And so, Father, for these next few moments, Lord, I pray that you incline our ears. God, may we hear what it is that you want to speak to us. God, open our eyes. May we see what it is that you want to show to us. And, God, we say this, speak, Lord, because we're listening. In Jesus' name, everybody said? Come on, come on. Everybody said? Amen. Amen. So this collection, Hearing God, was uh, birthed from a survey that we conducted uh, on Easter Sunday. And uh, many of you were here for that Sunday. And And basically, uh, we didn't do that survey just because it was something uh, cool to do or like, oh yeah, that'd be kind of a, of a neat idea uh, to do this survey. Uh, but we uh, conducted the survey because we want every single thing that's communicated from here uh, to be uh, relevant to your life, for it to make sense to your life. Uh, because we don't think that, you know, we can come in and, and maybe shout a couple times on Sunday, but have no idea what to do on Monday, on Tuesday, on Wednesday, on Thursday, and so on. But we, we want it to matter, and we want it uh, to, to be applicable to your life and where you're at. And so because of that, uh, we did this survey and there were several different things that uh, many of, of you responded into in terms of what you want to hear, what kind of conversations you want to have. But perhaps the number one or top two, but maybe the number one area was hearing the voice of God. Like, like, how do we hear the voice of God? Or maybe it was framed like, how do we hear God speak? And I love that because the question wasn't, does God speak? And I understand that there, there may be some in the room that you do have that question. But overwhelmingly, the majority, that wasn't the case. It wasn't, does God speak? It was like, how do we hear God speaks? Which means that we, most of us in here, we're like, hey, God does speak. He does speak. And I love that. that that's where some of us are. But this conversation today is going to be relevant for you no matter if you're like, yeah, but does he actually speak? Or if you're on the side of, well, how does he speak? Because understand this, I know that there are some that take the uh, idea, the posture, the position uh, that God has already said everything that he's going to say. And he's not going to speak again until Jesus comes. But that's just not the case. And I think theologically, uh, we'll be able to see that, no, God does indeed speak today. Because we don't believe that God has gone silent. We don't believe that God has all of a sudden lost his voice. Because understand this, family, he is the same God today that he was when he spoke and created the world. He's the same God that when he spoke and what was not now existed. He is that same God today. Family, he does not change. Malachi 3.6, it says this, For I am the Lord, and I do not change. That means you can trust him. That means you can take him at his word. When he says, I don't change, that means... I don't change. He is the same God. So that means if he spoke then, he is still speaking today. God still speaks. And beginning this morning and for the next few weeks, we're not only going to discover that he does speak, but we're also going to answer the question, well, why does he speak? We're going to answer the question, well, okay, cool, he speaks, but then how do I hear him? We're going to answer the question, okay, how do I know it was him? And not the enchiladas I had last night. Come on. (laughs) And then we're going to answer this question, well, what could be stopping me from hearing him? And I think once we get to the end of this collection, my prayer is that we will understand, like, yes, we can hear the voice of God. And he wants to speak uh, to us. Amen. So to give some context to the text, uh, John chapter 10, it picks up from John chapter 9, figure that. (laughs) But it picks up uh, on this story where Jesus is in a debate uh, with some people who are upset with him because uh, he healed this blind man. They were upset with him because, well, one, the healing took place on Sabbath, so they were all upset about that. But then they were also upset about the claims um, that Jesus was making. And so they're in this back and forth. They're in this debate. And I find it interesting that the man that was healed He had been blind since birth, but the people around him, they they weren't celebrating the fact that he can see now. They were more concerned with, well, how can you see and who did it? Now, that's another story for another day that sometimes people around you can't celebrate what God is doing in your life. They just got to find ways to pick holes in it and to talk about it. But that's another uh, conversation for another collection. But Jesus is going back and forth in chapter 10 uh, with these people who are upset because he healed this blind man. And so he's bringing some truth to them, and then he goes on to do so using this illustration that everyone around him would understand um, and would be able to pick up on when he starts talking about sheep. So I kind of break this down a little bit more. So the sheepfold was usually an enclosure made of rocks, and it had an opening um, as the door. So the shepherd would guard the flock. The shepherd would protect the flock. Or sometimes protect the flocks at night uh, from just li- by lying open a line across the opening, and it was not uncommon for uh, several flocks to uh, shelter in the same fold. So there may be more than one flock of sheep inside the same fold. Now in the morning the shepherds they would come and they would call their sheep. Now, remember, it wasn't uncommon for there to be more than one flock inside the sheepfold. So imagine like all the shepherds kind of coming up, like maybe if you're a parent in here or you got little cousins, nieces, nephews, whatever, and you're at a birthday party and it's time to go. Like the mom, dad, whoever says the kid's name and each kid comes to the parent that they belong to. So kind of get that picture in your head. So the shepherds will come out and they will call their sheep and each sheep would know the voice of their shepherd. So they wouldn't go to Shepherd Jim (laughs) if Shepherd Jim wasn't their shepherd. They would go to Shepherd Joe because they knew the voice of their shepherd. So that meant even if a robber or thief would come into the fold at night, the sheep would never follow them because they only follow the voice of their shepherd. Now this morning, maybe especially those of you who are new here today, uh, you didn't know that you were coming in with a test this morning. But I've got a test uh, for us today. Um, but who's who's the who's the shepherd? Everyone's like, nah, bro. It's Jesus. That's one of those that's one of those things in church that you're like, you don't really know. Ah, just go with Jesus, you know. Just go, just go with Jesus just start kind of using all the names of like, God, you know, Elohim, you know, just, like, you know, just start saying, <laughs> I was one of them, you know, jairah I just start using, <laughs> but it's Jesus, um, who are the sheep, it's us, it's us, there you go, there you go, all right, 100%, A plus, so we are the sheep, you and I are the sheep, I know we're not excited, but yes, we are sheep, it's funny because sometimes when people are talking about Christians, it's like, you're a bunch of sheep. And I'm like, yes, you're right. I mean, the context you're speaking in is kind of wrong, but yes, I am a sheep. But as a sheep, like God speaks to us and he calls us and we follow him. John 10, 27, it says this, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. So, it's clear, or at least will become clear to all of us, that the Lord indeed speak. But maybe you're in here this morning, and you have the question, but why? But why does he speak? It almost sounds like the place where our kids are at right now. Well, why? Well, how come? Well, why? I'm like, say why one more time. Why? You know? And you're like, Jesus, I need to hear from you right now. <laughs> But why does God still speak? Hasn't he spoken enough? And that's the question that I want us to answer this morning. Why does God still speak? And it's not a matter of, did God speak for some of us in here? We, we just mentioned that. But it's a matter of, well, does he still speak? And we're going to make some observations from John 10 this morning. And the first observation to help us answer that question of why does God still speak is this. You can write this down if you're taking notes. I hear that if you take notes, you kind of get a better mansion in heaven. (laughs) I'm glad most of you understand that's a joke. It's not really true. But you can write this down. It's he cares for you. Why does God still speak? It's because he cares for us. It's because he cares for you. Psalms uh, 8.4 says this. What is mankind that you are mindful of them? Human beings that you care for them. It's like, man, who are they? Why are you so mindful of them? Why are you so concerned about them? Why why, why are you going to do all of this? Because he cares for us. And for some of us in the room, I understand now, that may be a hard concept to grasp, that the creator of the universe cares for you. That in all the people in the world, how could he care for me? With my issues, with the things that I've done, with my struggles. Listen, I'm in here today, but you don't understand, like, it's a struggle today. Like, I, I messed up this morning. How could he possibly care for me? But listen, family, he cares for you. He really does, and he cares for you deeply. And and I don't know, maybe if it's, if, if some of us in the room, if our father wasn't is present in our lives as we have wanted, and, and God is God the Father. And so we kind of look at him in that way and maybe kind of project those things unto him. And so then that's created us to have this question, well, okay, if my earthly father who I see was like that, then, then how could, you know, my heavenly father who I don't see, how could he actually, like there's no way that God could care about me. I I don't see how that could be possible. And listen, family, it may not be that. It could be a myriad of things. But listen, I don't know your past. I don't know your story. I don't know your history. But can I challenge you this morning that don't project the pain that others have caused to you onto God. That the promise that God made to Moses and Joshua to never leave them nor forsake them is the same promise that he has made to you and I today. That he is saying, listen. Listen. The reason why I still speak is because I care for you. The reason why I want to communicate to you is because I care for you. And that promise that I made to Moses, the promise that I made to Joshua, is the, is the same promise that I have made to you today, that I will never leave you and I will never forsake you, that I am with you, and I know they may have hurt you. I know they, hate, they may have done you wrong, but that's not who I am. I want to speak to you. I want to express my love. And I care for you? Because I know what they did to you was hurtful. But listen, what they did to you was not God. Where they brought sorrow, God is saying, I'm going to bring joy. Where they brought pain, God is saying, I'm bringing healing. Where they brought despair, God is saying, I'm bringing hope. Because he really does care about your family. So much so he cares about the details of who you are. Just look into how he designed you. Psalms 139 and 13, it says, for you created my inmost beings. You knit me together in my mother's womb. Don't you know you're a designer? (laughs) Forget Gucci and Prada. Caleb's wearing Caleb. He's one of one. Joy's wearing Joy. She's one of one. Like, you are fearfully and beautifully and wonderfully made. That God, like, when he created you, he he took his time. He's in the details of your life. Like, he stepped back and said, man, this is good. This is very, look what I've done. Like, he cares about the details of who you are. Even when you were in seclusion inside your mother's womb, God was putting together The details, he was designing you in such beautiful and and intricate ways. But listen, that's not the only way of how God is in the details. Luke 12, 7 says this. Indeed, the very hairs of your head are all numbered. So not just this idea of he knows how many, but he's got them, like, numbered. Now, stop laughing. Y'all stop. Some of us have made the count easier, you know, than others. (laughs) Y'all saw that one coming. (laughs) But the very hairs on your head are all numbered. Why would God care about that detail? Does it make you like, why do you even care about that? Like, listen, what does the the, the number, the count, and then the individual number of a strand of hair, why does that even matter? Like, when's the last time when you checked into your doctor's appointment, you was like, yeah, you know, let me show you the number. Like, let me give you the count. Like, you need to know your blood type. You need to know your Social Security number. You need to know your address. But when's the last time you needed to know the quantity and then the, the individual number of a particular strand of hair? Never. But yet God, his, the word tells us, that God has those numbers. That means family. He is in the details. And you may be asking, where are you going with this point? Here's my point. If God cares about the smallest detail, doesn't he care about your marriage? Come on. Doesn't he care about your finances? Doesn't he care about your relationships? So don't hold those things back from God. Don't try to keep those things silent. Don't think that I got to keep this hidden in his box and never talk to God about it. No. Talk to him about it. In fact, he wants to speak to you about it because he cares about the details of your life. He cares about the promotion you need. He cares about even what you want to go eat for lunch today. He cares about even what you want to wear tomorrow. Listen, I believe this. We can invite God into every single thing that we do. We can, you can step into your closet and you can say, Lord, what should I wear today? You know why? Because he's already ahead of us. And maybe there's a meeting that you need to be prepared for, for something you've been praying about that may happen today with no notice. But because you invited God into that space, like, Lord, what should I even wear today? That your phone rings and you get the call, and now you're dressed and you're prepared and you're ready. So don't think that God is only going to pay attention to the major moments of life when somebody needs a miraculous healing, when you just need some kind of breakthrough. No, God even cares about the details. But not only does he care about the details, he does care about those major things as well. So don't hold, like, back from talking to the Lord about your marriage. Talk to him about it. Don't hold back talking to the Lord about that son or daughter that you're praying for. No, talk to him about it because he cares about the details, but he also cares about the big things as well. And so listen, if he cares which he does, he cares about us. And that means he cares about the smallest details. Understand this. He wants to guide us in those details, which leads us to our next observation this morning. He wants to give you the details. Listen, God is not a God that's distant. Like, he didn't just drop us off in life and say, yo, y'all figure this thing out. I'm out. I'll be back when it's time. You know, that's not what he did. But he wants to give us guidance. Like, think about this in the same way that a parent desires to guide their children, so too does God desire to guide us. Proverbs 3.6 in the message paraphrase says this. Listen for God's voice in everything you do, everywhere you go. He's the one who will keep you on track. Come on. How many of us need to be kept on track from time to time? Like, how many of us, we get out of whack, we get, we get off Somebody say something wrong to us. Somebody look at us the wrong way. We we need to get back on track. You know, that's what the Spirit of God does. He says, listen, let me, let me, I'm going to guide you into all truth, and that is to go this way, right? So listen, we, we need that. Here's why. Because God is behind you, he's beside you, and he's before you, which means he sees things that we don't. So he's trying to bring guidance into our life because of that truth. So he's in our past, making sure it doesn't affect our present. And he's in our present, making sure it doesn't affect our future. And he's in our future where he's preparing us to walk in and live in the very things that God has called us to walk in. So we can trust his guidance. We can trust his voice as he wants to keep us on track. Now... The thing with guidance is that there's tension. There's a tension when there's guidance. And the tension comes when you're headed somewhere that God wants to steer you from. So so we're headed this way. We want to go this way, but the Lord is saying, nah, brother, nah, sister, like, you need to go this way. So therein lies the tension. What are we going to do at that point? When God is saying, listen, don't make that deal, I know it seems like a great opportunity, but they're messing with the books in that company. And it's all about to be revealed in about six months. And if you make that deal right now, every single thing is going to come down. Well, he says, listen, don't accept that job. I know the pay is great. I know they already said you can work from home and all that stuff. You don't have to worry about going into the office. But the environment is toxic. What they're not telling you is how busy it's going to be, and it's going to destroy your marriage. Don't accept that job. Or don't move to that city. I know it seems great, but you're missing the difference between visiting a city and living in a city. Don't go there. What I want to do for your life is right here. Don't move to that city. Or maybe he's saying, listen, I know you're like, Lord, when is my time coming? Don't date them. Mm -mm. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. They're not the one. It's not worth it. You should not put a ring on it. You take away all the Cracker Jack boxes. Like, no ring available. Do not date them. That's where the tension comes, family. When we're at a crossroads of deciding... If we're going to do what we want or if we're going to do what God is trying to lead us to. And here's where you got to trust God, that he's not trying to lead you into something that's going to take away from your life. He's trying to lead you into something that's going to add to your life. I think sometimes we have this wrong idea of God, and I don't know if culture has discipled us or just a misunderstanding of who he is, but we look at him as this guy who's sitting on this huge throne who is trying to make our lives difficult. Can I tell you that's not who he is? Now, it may seem that saying yes to him, it gets difficult, but that's because He's the potter, and we're the clay, and he's molding us and shaping us into who he has called us to be. So there may be some things that need to fall off, some things that need to drop off that will not help you function in where you're going. But he's not this God that's just trying to, you know, slam the gavel and just rule and reign and just be mean and upset with you. That's not who he is. For God so loved the world. Not God so brought shame to the world. Not God so just wanted to make your life difficult, this, that, and the other. No, for he so loved the world. So understand, if there is something that he's calling you to that is difficult, be willing to trust him and his process. It's difficult. I get it. A lot of us will pray. Let's use this illustration, but it's not really what it is, but it's so that we can kind of get it. We pray for cake, but then God brings a bowl, a little hand mixer, and some eggs, and some butter, and he's like, go for it. And you're like, this is not what I asked. He said, yes, I did. But it takes work. Oh, yes, you did. He's like, but it takes work. You got to work at it. Now, you go, and you follow the process, and you be obedient, and you take all the steps, then you're going to have a cake, right? And so it's the same way with understanding, like, when you face with this tension, don't think that, man, God I'm always trying to take something out of my life. Listen, he's before you. He's beside you and he's ahead of you. So that means he sees something that we don't see. And it's going back to what we talked about in the previous collection. We've got to have faith, which is what? The conviction that God will not lie. Just break it down to that simple, that that, that simple truth. Like, what is faith? Faith is the conviction that God will not lie, that he will do exactly what he said he would do. But I've come to realize that there are so many voices that are vying for our attention. There's the voice of culture that's trying to disciple you into its ways. Even so, to the point that believers are choosing to adopt a world's way of living and thinking more than they are willing to adopt the kingdom's way. We'll talk about that later, too, because there's so much to say about that. But culture is trying to disciple us. Maybe it's the voice of the environment that's constantly challenging you. Like, why are you trying to live that way? It could be family, it could be friends, it could be whoever. Like, why are you even trying to do that? Why are you you trying to live? Like, that doesn't even make sense. Or maybe it's the voice of you where pride gets in the way. Well, I know this. I can do this. I'm smart enough here. I got enough money there. I got enough. And so you get in the way of you being able to say yes to what God God is trying to call you to and how he's trying to redirect your life. But listen, family, God is speaking to us because he wants to give us guidance. But it's up to us if we're going to listen to his voice or listen to the voice of distraction. And as we get ready to get into this last point this morning, the best way to neutralize distraction is to get close to what matters. Right? The thing about it, I don't know why we do this, but you're trying to put your car in reverse, trying to back into a spot. What do you do? Like you turn the radio down as if that's going to help you see Am I on that curb? And then, maybe I'm being petty right now. Or, you know, if your wife is in the car, she grabs everything. Like, that helps you. I'm like, really? You're going to do that to me right now? <laughs> it's in neutral, Katie. Like, <laughs> that helps you focus. Like, I'm like grabbing everything. Like, she didn't pray. She didn't, I'm like, we're not even Catholic. Like. But you got to neutralize distraction to get close to what matters. Like when you can't hear anyone, like you, you get close so you can hear what they're saying. Which it leads us to our final observation this morning. He wants a close relationship with you. That's why God's still speaking. That God still speaks because he wants a close relationship with us. As I said earlier, God is not a distant God. But he's a God that really wants to know us. And to know someone, you've got to do what? You've got to communicate with them. Like, think about someone you're close with, your spouse, a sibling, a friend. How often do you, do you communicate? Probably a ton, right? And the closer you are, the more you will probably speak, or at least the value of your communication is there when you do speak. But the truth is, family, you can't be close to someone and not speak. Like, can, can you imagine trying to be married and you speak to each other every other month you're married living in the same house but you only communicate every other month it wouldn't go so well that wouldn't be a healthy vibrant marriage you know I remember in the early days of Katie and I building our relationship (laughs) like we stayed on the phone I'd be so sleepy I'd be so tired like, this girl just won't let me go. Like, she just, she just wanted to keep talking. I was like, girl, I, I got to go to sleep. And she's like, so what do you think about stars, you know? like, what is? why is that even relevant? Like, can I just go to sleep? But she wanted to build a close relationship. We wanted to develop a close relationship with each other. So we spoke. We stayed on the phone. Kind of reminds me of what James 4, 8 says, when it says, come near to God, and he will come near to you. See, what this shows is God's desire. What that scripture shows is his desire to want a close relationship with us. But it also shows that we play a part in that happening. That if I was going to build this close relationship with Katie. It wasn't just going to be because of me only communicating to her or her only communicating to me, but it was going to be both of us communicating to each other. In other words, it takes two-way communication. Like maybe you have that person that you will text ten times before you even have a chance to respond and all you see is blue, 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 they haven't responded to you yet. Sometimes that's how we treat God. We spend so much time talking that we never settle down to listen. But true communication is the ability to not only speak, but it's the ability to listen. In fact, that's what communicate, that's what communication is. It's this experience.